Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. Uh, well, brought to you by Yes Express. And uh, today we have a special guest on, again, like I say, each week, special guest, because each person coming on here, I feel is special. They're, they're, they're you know, coming in and they're giving their their most valuable asset, their time to share their stories and to share their uh, struggles and triumphs and all that stuff. And we'd love to be part of that journey with them. So today we have Mark Taylor, who's joining us. He's a product manager over at Echo Incorporated, you know, Echo Power Tools. You guys are all used to those out there. I make some amazing things. And but we're not going to be talking about weed whackers and, and blowers and all that shit today. We're going to be talking about humans, right? We always do that anyway. We go deeper into the person behind all of this because the things we do are just part of our lives. But what's really important is to go deeper into the why and what drives you and all this kind of thing. And this, and then, and Mark, you know, he's a, he's a husband, he's a father. He's also balancing life as well, you know, trying to keep everything. And we were talking before we hit go here and he was saying how he's 15 years happily married. And I want to dig into Mark today and figure out how he's balanced that, not just the marriage side, but working, being a product manager and doing so many things and being able to balance all of those things. So Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Joshua. I'm very happy to be here. Cool. Yeah, I can't wait to peel back the onion today with you and figure out and maybe not maybe I know by the end of this episode, we're going to have some nuggets that I maybe I'd never thought of and that you figured out that we can help empower more people with you. Cool with that? Yeah, yes, sir. Very excited for it. Awesome. Perfect. So tell me a little bit about your background, how you got it. You mentioned you were a carpenter before. So tell me about how that started childhood and kind of bring us through to where you are now and then we'll go deep. Yep. Yep. So I grew up in the uh, Chicagoland area, born and raised, um, same town that my mom grew up, same town my grandpa grew up. So um, love the kind of history of just life and, uh, you know, city, towns, that sort of thing. Um, have a college degree in manufacturing. So, you know, kind of went through uh, three different degrees. At first thought I wanted to be a teacher and then wanted to get into, um, you know, more coaching and and finally settled on you know, a manufacturing degree. It was a great mixture of, you know, college classes where you're using your hands into, you know, more of the theory and, and learning about materials and different grades of stuff, et cetera. Um, you know, graduated on a Thursday. The following Monday, I was working for one of my best friend's dad's construction companies, uh, building houses, like commercial construction, um, really just trying to, you know, get out and use my hands. It was something I always did growing up. You know, there was always a, uh, you know, the summer job, right? Do you go and work at a an ice cream shop making $6 an hour? Or do I go and work at the park district or the public works making seven and a quarter an hour? And I'd go mm. beat my body up for an extra dollar and a quarter an hour <laughs> to, uh, you know, help fill the the banks and everything, get out and, uh, you know, stoke the economy a little bit with that. But um, overall it was, it was what I enjoyed, you know, unfortunately uh, you realize you can't do that forever. Construction is a very up and down type of an industry. And so as it hit a down mark, I was able to, uh, step into a 
um, a manufacturer of concrete forming equipment and uh, kind of became a product specialist there. So I was able to utilize a little bit of my degree in working for a manufacturer, but then, um, you know, my experience in terms of working with contractors. And so what I started to do in the industry was basically go out and talk to end users. And it was mostly to ensure that they were getting the quality and the efficiencies out of our equipment, right? If we told them that, you know, you should be able to install a system with three or four guys and they were using five or six, something is wrong. And so um, I was usually sent out to the job site to help educate end users on, you know, maybe a different way to do it. So um, for me, it was actually the best learning experience I've ever had as a young 20 something year old going out on the job sites with uh, individuals who've been doing that work for longer than I've been alive and trying to, you know, not tell them what they were doing was wrong, but just that there's a there's a different way out there to um, to try something and, you know, the the benefits that they would get from those. And really, that's kind of been the strength of what what I've been able to do over the years working for various companies, but in this kind of product management role where you're really talking to customers and bringing that feedback back to the company to to make better products and better solutions for everyone. I love that. I love that, man. It's just, just trying to make the experience better, right, overall for their, their use of a product or material. So take me a little bit through this the manufacturing degree. I don't know if I've ever heard of that as a degree. So tell me a little bit about what you learned there and how that empowered you. I know you touched on it, but go deeper, please. Yeah, yeah. So the official degree name that I have is uh, it, it's, a, it's a Bachelor of Science in Industrial Technology. Okay. Um, it has since been changed. Uh, Eastern Illinois is where university is where I got my degree. And I believe they call it now applied engineering. So mm. um, I graduated with seven other kids with the degree that I had in the time period that I graduated. And all six of them went back to or so all seven of the other kids went back to college and got their master's degree in manufacturing engineering. So um, when you talk about plant layout and efficiencies and people start talking, you know, Six Sigma and different ways to improve the manufacturing process. That's what we did. So it. Um, it was it was simple stuff in terms of, you know, here's a, a lathe and we would literally make a bolt and, you know, put threading on it and make the head. And then we'd bring it over to a testing machine and we would test the, the strength of the bolt. And then we'd have to write up a report about how that worked. And then mm. the next level of class was how that machine would be laid out in a manufacturing plant and what feeds into it and what feeds out to it and the correct lineage of, you know, moving product through. So um, it was it was great. Right. I mean, in terms of I think everything that I, I had a good foundation of, there's not that there's a right way and a wrong way to do it, but there are efficient ways to be doing things. And, um, you know, the whole work smarter, not harder was uh was <laughs> beat into me a little bit so um it was it was great right i mean a little bit of finance i actually took a couple of english classes they made you have to write technical writing classes and stuff so you know there's a different way to write a book than there is to write an instruction manual so mm. um kind of learned the just different ways to communicate with people but ultimately it was very hands-on right for every one math class or physics class i'd take i'd have to take one um, shop class. And that was mm. fun. I can imagine. I, th I think about the, 
uh, you know, the intricacies of just writing that shop manual you're talking about, like the instruction manual. I just purchased a Murphy bed for my basement for when we have guests over and it's a Canadian company that made this thing and they sent it in and I'm used to, I've done a lot of Ikea stuff. So you get like this Ikea, you know, but they're step-by-step. They're, they're very user-friendly. Let's put it that way. This book, this manual came and has lots of pictures in it, but some of the stuff just makes zero sense and they don't explain it. So I'm going through and I'm thinking somebody needs to be fired for this thing. Cause I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty smart guy putting things together, but I'm telling you this thing here, I'm just scratching my head at times. Like they, why? What, what is, and I know there's probably YouTube videos for it, I'm sure, but I'm sitting here shaking my head like it doesn't have to be this complicated. Every time I do an Ikea thing, it's like snap, 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 it's done. So yes. I don't know, but it's I think there's there's such a logic that goes into that. And when you speak to billions of people with your product, that that's, it's, it's a whole different animal, right? Correct. Correct. And I think it's, uh, you know, the success that I've always found is less is more, right? I mean, that's, that's I think, why Ikeas are so easy is it's you know, eight to 10 pictures showing you very, very specific exactly what to do and, you know, exact size kind of bolts and pictures and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I know it's, it's, as you get into certain safety aspects, there's a lot of regulation that gets pushed on you in terms of requirements for safety and stuff like that. So it's always our, we have a technical publications department at Echo and, and they spend a lot of time trying to balance that, right? How is the you? How do you meet the codes and the certifications and the requirements for safety? Because that's very important. But yet, you know, have something that everybody can read and understand from, yeah. you know, your your highly educated individual to your person who's got a you know high school degree that that just wants to get it in and yep. figure out how to you know pull the recoil starter and get it moving, right? Exactly. Exactly. Now you mentioned you know in in the, the when you went to school in college and manufacturing. Um, that, you know, you were going through and you had to figure out, you mentioned the bolt and the lathe and all that, and then how that machine would fit into a system within the manufacturing process. So, I mean, this is kind of a rhetorical question, but, you know, I know you've dealt with a lot of systems and processes in order to build a plant. That's what it is. So, and obviously our, you know, everyone's listening here that own contracting businesses, they hear this concept of systems and processes. They've heard me talk about it endlessly, but the point is about having those systems and processes in, 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 uh, in order to make things more efficient and make things more fun, right? If you're doing the same thing over and over again, why the hell are you doing it? You know, it's like, for instance, if you, if you have, 20 planners at your house, right? And those planners every day require you to go outside. Your wife loves them, whatever. And like always, and every day you got to go out and water. She has to go out and water these things. Um, you think about if it only takes you 15 minutes to do that and you do that every day or every other day, how much time are you wasting in a week watering plants when you can automate that, right? That's not yes. something the plants don't care whether you do it or not. So the bottom line is I'd rather spend that time with my kids than sitting out there watering things. So that's a system, right? You get some hose, some pipe and a timer. Next thing you know, you've got something that solves the problem, right? So take me into how you get your mindset into, you know, creating systems on a bigger scale like that. Cause even just in a business, making something small like those pipes or those planters, that that can seem like a lot for somebody, but yep. how do you get it into like a bigger manufacturing setting? That seems like a, a hell of a, you know, an expansion of that. Yeah, well, and, and I think you're hitting the nail on the head in terms of um, it's small things, right? I mean, even if I've got a, you know, whether I've got a 10,000 square foot space or a 100,000 square foot space, it's still the correct and the similar steps to making it efficient um, in terms of what you're doing. And so a lot of the, I think, um, the situations I've run into in my career were as companies expand and maybe get into a new product line, 
they bolt on an extra facility onto a, um, you know, onto their current building that they have. But instead of looking at, you know, the whole and maybe moving some of the original equipment to make it better processed all the way through, they just throw it right on the end. And now all of a sudden at a previous company of mine, you would have to make a product and halfway through the, uh, the finishing process, you take it off a machine and you have to bring it to the other side of the building hmm. to do the next step was a quick five minute process and then it would come back. So they literally had to employ somebody just forklifting stuff back and forth, which is incredibly inefficient. And, yeah. you know, a lot of the times we do, everybody does it, right? There's a cost benefit analysis. It's the exact thing that you talked about um, earlier in the watering of the plants, right? If I'm doing that 15 minutes a day, then over a week, it's probably taking me about two hours. What is my time worth? Because you know what? I'll tell you right now, the $25 timer and the $25 hoses, it is well worth that time, yes. that 50 bucks that I'm about to spend for, you know, the hours of freedom that now I'm going to potentially have to, you know, last night I was playing war with my son. That's what I'm doing instead of going out and watering. I mean, it's funny you mentioned that the exact situation is what I have. We have a um, my wife loves gardens and loves flowers and we have soaker hoses everywhere because mm. I didn't want to have to to do that. So as we were tearing stuff up and planting things down, I got one of the four way splitters right off the the um, faucet and goes. Right. And so yeah. now it's very easy to kind of know where you're going and what you're trying to do it that. And I also planted natives. So they require a lot less water. So yeah. it's kind of one of those little tricks, right? I mean, obviously everybody loves their specific flowers and, and everything, but if you're going natives, the root system is much deeper. The water, um, I have certain areas where I don't water the garden ever at, yeah. at all yeah. throughout the year. And there's always, you know, flowers and plants that are popping up just because they're native to my area here. So it's a much less work to do, right? hundred percent. But to the point back and, and, you know, to the, the systems and processes, if you have not, if you, cause you have a business, you need to have systems and processes in place in order to safeguard that time. You mentioned playing war with your son and all that. That's the priority, right? Unless it's the priority, get away from the family, right? Maybe that's the thing too, right? So it's like, okay, I want to keep these things out there that I need to do so I can keep my sanity. I get that. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the example I gave of the planters, you know, and, and a lot of guys and gals out there listening to this podcast, they install irrigation as well. And that's a system, right? You're, you're installing that spending thousands of dollars a client does. So they don't have to think about the grass or the plantings or whatever they're irrigating so that it can be automated because they don't want to think about it. So they pay you to do that. But the same people that are installing that, some of them at least don't want to put systems and processes in their business. You know, you think about the logic of of installing it, right? Making the money doing it. But why aren't we doing the same kind of irrigation system, air quotes here, for their, their, their business? Thinking about things that happen all the time that they can automate and say, okay, well, to my point with the uh, the planters, maybe it's uh, sales calls coming in, right? Maybe it's the calls coming in. You have a certain process, a way you do it. So anybody in that chain knows what's coming next. It's really very yep. simple, like putting the timer on and then the hose and then the little emitters and all that kind of stuff. You lay it all out in, in, a, in a logical pattern, but you do the same thing most of the time, right? It's not always perfect, but it's most of the time. And it frees your time up. Again, you're not out watering those planters to sit down and say, I want to work on my business today. I want to focus on how I can speak better to my ideal clients. So that when I get out there and and I, I'm proposing what we can do and offering solutions and guiding our clients to the best, you know, end game, that 
I can be there free and clear of mind and not be thinking, oh crap, I gotta go home and water those planters. Or I think they're all dead because it was hot today. All that's out of your mind. It's the brain width, like the bandwidth of your mind that that now opens up because you don't have those things on it. So what I'm saying, and I was guilty of this, you know, Mark, that's why I'm, I'm going deeper into this. I always thought that it was better if I just did it. Why spend the time to build a system? Because I can just do it faster, simpler, and every time it's different anyway. Bullshit. So many things that we do are repetitive over and over again, but we do it because that's what we think we need to do. Instead of thinking back about it and being like, you know what? Hmm, that watering, yeah, my entire house is irrigated. I've gone through and created every single basket, every single planter is fully irrigated and drip systems, all of that stuff. And I did it myself. I took weekends and built this thing. So all I have to do is hook up a timer in the spring and turn the water on and I'm good. Because now I can go back and not just physically not be out there watering, but I can mentally not be thinking about the fucking water. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could be playing war with my sons. I could be outside doing fun stuff. And I'm not thinking like, crap, did I do that? Did I do this? It's all the brain bandwidth that now you recover too, not just the time doing the thing. So I'm going to get off my rant here now. But the point no, is, was, and, and I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head, right? A lot of the times it is, it's, it's hours up front. But when you can sit back and look at you know, the years of success that you're going to get and whether it's time saved or money saved or, you know, labor saved, whatever that is, it's it's yeah. I'm all about that. Right. Like you said, an extra weekend here to save months of time elsewhere is a that's 100%. a time well spent. Right. Well, it's, it's even as far as, you know, it, when, when it comes, I, I have a swimming pool in the backyard. I don't swim much, but my kids and wife, they love it. So they're always playing in it. Um but when it comes to this time of year, when it's cooler, you're at 100 degrees, we're probably going to top out at 75 today if we're lucky here in Pennsylvania, right? It's just what it, it's a crazy cooler spring, which is amazing. But what happens is the sun comes out, the water gets warm in the pool, at night it gets cool, so tons of evaporation happening. And I have an auto dripper in the pool that I put in the pool company, wouldn't do it, but I put it in to safeguard my time. So I run a line over to the skimmer, it drips water in, it knows it, it levels it out perfectly. I don't have to think about it. Well, this year, the the, the flange in which it, it uh, sits and resides within that skimmer broke off. And I kept saying, okay, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. I've been putting it off because I've been busy with other things. It's not a priority. But each day I look at it, I'm like, the pool's low, the pool's low. So I'm running a hose down, running this thing, and I'm sitting here thinking, you're an idiot. <laughs> you have a system. It'll take you six minutes to fix it, but you'd rather take a hose down because it just seems easier. And I'm like, yeah. you know this shit. You teach this shit and you're still <laughs> still guilty of it. So I run down and yesterday I said, nope, I'm an, it's enough. It's been like a week and a half, two weeks now. I've been watching. I said, I don't even want to look at the damn pool. Right. I don't want to look at the pool unless there's no water. And I don't want to look at it because it's not just the time I got to go put the hose in and then I got to set a timer for an hour so I don't run the well dry. It's not that. It's the fact that I have to think about it. And that takes a band width in my brain that I could be doing something with my family or building a business or whatever it might be. So it's it's a it's a perfect example of how I'm not perfect by any means. You know what I mean? I'm like, why, idiot? Why don't you fix this freaking thing? It'll only take you a few minutes. I did. It's running now. It's doing its thing. I don't have to look at it anymore. But it's the same in our businesses. A, it's a scary thing. It really is. It you really know, is. I think it's whether, like you said, everybody does it. I mean, people who teach this sort of thing, yep. um, it's just it's it's a good mindset to try to get away from, right? Yeah. Start to make sure that you're always thinking through what you're doing and, and why you're doing it, right? And I think it comes back to purpose, right? If you have a purpose for why you're doing everything, um, it just starts to make you know, your, your choices, your decisions a little bit easier, um, especially to, to talk through and, you know, be able to share with your business partners, your family, right? Why, yeah. why are you doing this today? 
Um, you know, if you can share with them that vision of how it's going to free up time or money or commitment space, whatever that kind of is over the time period that, that you're trying to get to, it's a much easier conversation to have with anybody. 100%, Mark, 100%. And you, you actually dovetail perfectly into my next question for you. You mentioned purpose and mission and all of that. So tell me a little bit about your purpose, your mission. Yep. You know, and I'd love to get deeper into how you balance everything in life so you can have an amazing relationship with your wife and family and still be able to to be happy. And because when I asked you off air, you're like, I have an amazing 15 year, you know, marriage with my wife. And I'm like, you don't hear that. I say the same thing all the time. You know what I mean? But it's you don't hear that out there a lot. It's like, oh, God, I'm married. I got to deal with that. Shit all the time, right. <laughs> so my question is, how do you how do you make it all work? So let's start with purpose and work our way through that, you know, to that. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, I've, I've had a very interesting uh, work career, if you if you will, right? I've actually been through um, company bankruptcies. I've been through, um, obviously, the recession of, you know, 08, 09, 2010, I've, the pandemic, right? I mean, I would say my professional career has been um, jam-packed with very, you know, uh, peaks and valleys, if you mm -hmm. will, right? Sure. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I learned at a very young age. Um, I had a company that was trying to move me to Ohio. Um, you know, it was it was a great opportunity for myself and my wife at the time. I uh, didn't have kids. We were ready to go. And just through normal um, steps, it, it did not work out. Right. I'm still back in the Chicagoland area. And, you know, um, let's just say corporate America has has made me value my life more right personally um that's that's really what we or at least what i work for right i try to work to live instead of live to work right mm -hmm. so um i am not one to not use vacation days i actually hate it when people tell me that they didn't use every vacation hour that they had um you know you need to make sure that you're taking half days to go golfing right half days to come home early and I'm going to do, I got one plan in uh, two weeks when the new Minions movie comes out with my kids, right? So it. things yeah. like that. It's really just understanding, yeah. you know, where I guess, where I can ground myself in, mm. that, you know, and so, um, and understand, right, that, that, yeah, I'm, you know, while my dad worked for the same company for 25, 30 years, um, you know, while I would love to work with every company for that time, sometimes, there are requirements that, that companies have or businesses have, just life has. And I'm going to always make sure that I prioritize my family over everybody else. So um, when you kind of can step back and understand that that's your purpose in life, every other decision becomes a little bit easier. I love that. Father. I love you spot on, spot on, because you can chase money all you want. But you know what? At the end of life you might only end up with money. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's, it's a tool, just like a hammer. That's all it is. And it's the lowest form of, of currency. So, you know, that connection with family and friends and loved ones is the most important part. So dude, I love that. I love it. So tell me a little bit about how you make that happen. It's nice to have a purpose, right? Okay. My family's my purpose. I get it. I live and breathe for them. I get it. How do you do that? How do you keep everything balanced? How have you found it to be uh, you know, a great way to do that. Yep. Yep. So I've been lucky enough that most of my passions and enjoyment in life, um, I've been able to hand off to my kids. Right. So, um, they both play sports just like I played sports and I've been lucky enough to, um, coach them in every single sport that they've had. Um, let's just say the few times I didn't coach, I was that loud, obnoxious parent sitting there yelling at people <laughs> that I shouldn't have been. So, 
um, understood kind of where I'm at. But ultimately, I, I, you know, my wife tells me sometimes I act like one of the kids. So, you know, being able to enjoy the time with them, you know, not really pushing them to, you know, it's not about playing baseball for life. It's about having fun now and, and growing yeah. your, your relationship with the kids that, you know, you're on the team with. And, and I try to grow the relationship with the parents and try to bring in as many, you know, assistant coaches and kind of go from there. But it's really just, you know, I've gotten lucky that, that some of the things that I enjoy, um, they enjoy. Now, it's not the same exact sports, right? My kids are not playing the the sports I grew up playing. However, um, I've been able to adjust, you know, what I do um, and how I learn to to try to to be more involved in what they're doing, right? So, um, once again, YouTube is is an amazing aspect for everything, and there are you know coaching programs out there for every sport you have, and you know I think it's just understanding you know where your time is going to be spent. Um, I could develop an entire program myself, or I could just hop online, find somebody else who's already developed one, mm-hmm. adopt it, make it my own, and you know, save hours of time and make it still seem like I'm an efficient um, you know, coach and kind of sports guy and stuff. So um it's just understanding, you know, where my kids are passionate about and continuing to push them, you know. But it it's a it's a hard thing, right? I mean, I coaching two two soccer teams, two basketball teams every single season i i'm in at 7 a.m a lot of the days so i can leave early to you know not coach until 9 p.m at night and stuff right i mean i i was telling you earlier they're still eight and ten years old so mm-hmm. some some young kids that you know making sure that my schedule works with them um but you know i've, I've been blessed to have good bosses who understand that that's my passion and um you know i think if you try to stifle that right then then that's not going to keep anybody happy and um you know nobody wants an employee who you're not trying to work with right i mean if you're going to value that person and their features benefits you know just who they are and you find them valuable for your business you're going to want to work with that person to make sure that you know hey as long as you're getting the work done i i couldn't care if you're sitting in your your house sitting on a beach sitting in a hotel just get the work done. So yeah. um, I've been blessed with that, you know. That's 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 really cool. Now, you mentioned, I want to dive a little deeper here. You mentioned how, you know, your family is your passion. Um, what about or why is that? Why was why did you select that as your passion? Maybe select or it found you or like, what about the family is so important to you? Yep. Well, I think I've made other choices in my life, right? Like I was telling you earlier, um, you know, almost picked up the the whole life and moved to a uh, a different state for money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the the dollars being thrown at an individual in 29 was pretty pretty insane, um, in my opinion. So, yeah, I was ready to upend everything and kind of go and um, you know, I think it worked out better, right? I think uh, you know, the whole God did have a plan that was not me going to uh, yeah. to Ohio, but um, kind of all worked out. And and the, the truth is, after you know we had a, a, a nice split, I was able to to find my next opportunity very very quickly, and um, you know continue to grow kind of who I am and and who I was. Right. So mm-hmm. I think as through everything, you know, I did used to think that money would bring happiness. Right. Um, I had a you know, our plan was for my wife to be a stay-at-home, um, sorry, a domestic engineer um, through <laughs> life and everything. And, yeah, and yeah. we did that for for 10 years, right? She only started a new job about six weeks ago. And I think she just got, um, 
you know, ready to to be more adult focused and have mm-hmm. conversations with uh, people more her age and stuff, right? Um, but yeah, I think it's like I said, you 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 understand the turns that some directions take, and if you've already gone down that path, it's a very easy conversation with whomever I'm having of why my focus is there. Yeah, and you mentioned you know you're coaching uh, multiple soccer teams and basketball teams and, and my bigger question for you, Mark, is what do you get from it? <laughs> I, uh, Josh, I love it. I do. I, I am a very competitive person. It's, uh, one of the reasons I picked golf up and, and tried to do that. Right. Still gives me a reason to take it out with my friends and, and try to win. But, um, it's, it's the extra spending time with my kids trying to, you know, bring them enjoyment, right? I think I understood, you know, I played a lot of sports growing up too. And so what was fun at practice, what wasn't fun, um, just certain aspects of some coaches that were able to get the most out of me um, and take me to kind of that that other level of, of confidence um, versus some of the other coaches that weren't able to do that. So, you know, I try to have a very relaxed atmosphere with my kids, but ultimately it's all about building them up. Um, and, and, you know, that, that helps keep me positive, helps keep me kind of, kind of happy and everything, but I, I love it. I think I actually got an email from, uh, the guy who runs our, our park district and the coaches organization. I've coached seven teams over the past three years. So, um, I'm pretty happy about that. Right. It's been a lot of fun. And that was during COVID where, you know, we didn't actually have anything going on for a whole year here. So, (laughs) Um, you know, it's been a lot of, like I said, I would, I would continue to do it. Um, I, I hope, I hope my kids will continue to allow me to do it with them. And, you know, they keep telling me to kind of come back and everything, but, um, it is, it's, it's for me, it's the best enjoyment because I think they want me to be there. And, you know, it's funny, the very first, uh, very first coaching session I ever went to, um, the head coach kind of stood up and was like, look, if your kid at home doesn't listen to you don't think on the field they're going to listen to you. And I, I agree 100% with that. However, the coach can say, you can't play. Your dad can't say that. And so that was one thing that I've been able to to at least, you know, not scare the kids, but remind them that, hey, if this was a normal coach and you said something like that, you're on the bench. So, <laughs> Your ass would be um, grass. <laughs> exactly. And then I always remind them, hey, if you don't like that, go talk to mom and see what she would say, right? <laughs> Oh, it makes it interesting, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. Are you trying to grow your landscaping or hardscaping company, but find yourself making the same mistakes over and over and not sure what step to take next? Do you feel like your business owns you and you don't see a path to long-term happiness, growth, and sustained profitability? If this sounds like you, don't miss Outdoor Living Summer Camp. This live event will equip you with the lessons Cruz and I have learned from growing wickedly profitable seven-figure businesses while significantly reducing daily stress and preserving that sacred time with family. And as a bonus, we're also gonna teach you how to recession-proof your business so you continue to grow through any economic condition. Text FREEDOM to 33777 or follow the link in this episode's description to get more information on Outdoor Living Summer Camp. Tickets are limited. So get yours today. No, I mean, the time that you're spending with them is so important and you get it. You know, it's, I know there was many times in my career that I've, you know, put work first and it, it works up front. You know, you're like, all right, cool. I'm getting all this work done. It's great. I'm making my clients happy. 
you know, recovering people pleaser here. So it's always about making them happy. My family won't leave me. They're always going to love me so I can go out and just, you know, make sure everyone else does too. And it became an exhausting existence because no matter what you did, you found yourself, whether you're good or not, doesn't matter. You found a lot of ungrateful people that no matter what you did, you couldn't possibly make them happy client wise or whatever. So with that being the case, you're like, oh shit, now what? Right. And then you come home to the family and they're still there looking, but you know, as well as I do, Mark, as you, you know, based on what you've said with you, you know, your marriage is great after 15 years. It's like, they're not going to wait around forever for you. Correct. I'm sorry, but they won't. If you're not taking care of your wife emotionally, spiritually, and all the way through, you know, she's going to go look for it somewhere else. I'm sorry, yeah. but that's what it is. Right. And so you got to make sure I call them the four F's. And I know I've talked about it multiple times, but you know, it's this whole concept of faith, family, fitness, then finance. That's that's the four things you need to be working on every single day to keep your life balanced is those four pieces. And if you don't, one of them gets pushed off. If all of a sudden finance and business becomes number one, all the others suffer. And I can say that a thousand times, but man, when that hit me finally, and I was like, oh my God. And I was late 30s yeah. by the time that hit me. And I'm like, that's the secret. You know, if 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 success leaves clues, which it absolutely does, I believe that full heartedly. And I see other people that I consider successful they have a balanced life and their balanced life is because they hit each of those targets each day in some way. They figured out a, a system that works for them back to systems, right? Yep. That they can guarantee they can check those boxes every single day so that every one of those is growing, you know, more, more uniformly. And by doing that, you can then lead the life where your family looks forward to seeing you. Doesn't, you know, have somebody coming home, kicking the fucking door in because you had a bad day and looking for your beer exactly. to sit down in the chair and watch sports and just tune the world out because you've just had too much of the, you know, the, the, the finance side, if you will, the business side of things and everything else suffers. So I've been there. So, I mean, it's like, all right, well, we need to change that. Thank goodness. We know that now, but tell me how your life's been like with that and, and going through the ups and downs. You mentioned peaks and valleys and how you've managed that and kept a successful and happy marriage. Yep. I, uh, you know, I think everybody's life is peaks and valleys, right? Um, I mean, we all want it to be, you know, non, um, I don't want to say non-exciting, but but very simple, right? The same, um, and and that's just not how we live, right? Um, everything is going to be up and down, right? Whether it is your home life and something new coming out, and new challenges that you have there, or you know, work and and how do you kind of mix all the the two together, right? So um, for me, right? I mean, I think the the best advice that I've been given, um, you know, is, is similar to kind of your your four Fs, right? And so I had a a previous boss who would say basically there are three priorities that he would want you to put in life right and the first one is on your family and that's one of those if you're you know in your family could be it could be blood it could be your best friends it could be the guy sitting at the bar that you run into every single night right it's everybody's family everybody's friends are different but what's your purpose right your your purpose is to be with them and so if you keep that in you know as the number one all the time then you kind of have a good drive a good basis of trying to be happy of you know a purpose of what you're doing right second is health and plain and simple and and he would actually say that's selfish because if you're not healthy you're not in working and he kind of needs you to work for his business mm -hmm. and everything right but yeah. it also comes back to if you're not healthy you're not helping number one Right. Number one is most important. And that's for you to be there for number one. So your health, um, mental health. Right. He actually was the first one to start talking mental health days before that was kind of even a thing and stuff, um, at least in my experience in my life and stuff. Mm -hmm. But 
Um, you know, just making sure that you're healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, um, et cetera. And then the last is work. And, you know, work is important because you're spending 40 plus hours a week with that company, those people going out to lunch, right? I mean, um, you know, I think it's it's hard because some people in a business world don't maybe like to build personal relationships. Um, I'm not that type of a person, right? I want to know who you are and what makes you tick. Um, just because I think that helps everybody understand why we're all here, what our purpose is, um, you know, where people are going to put priorities over other things too. So it's, it's good to understand that. But um, it really just comes back to, you know, making sure that you understand that your priorities and like you've been talking about all, all show, right? It's a system. I mean, that system that I have is when I wake up in the morning, if, you know, like I said, I'm usually, I'm an early riser. My, uh, my dad grew up on a farm. My mom tells me I got that blood. So mm -hmm. I'm up when the sun comes up, Same which here, yeah. in the summer is you know very, very early around where we live and stuff. So um, I start my day early and I make sure I get everything done that I need to. But um, yeah, if, if any one of the three people in my household asked me to do anything to be late for work, immediately it would be done. You know, mm -hmm. there are priorities that I set on everything uh, beforehand. And you kind of hit the nail on the head too, right? Bringing work home is is hard it was something that i did early on kind of in my life and everything you just see the how a bad mood can spiral out of control very quickly so yeah. um you know you always try to make sure that you're keeping the positive side of things right i mean i i say it all the time and you know my coworkers think i'm a broken record but um you know my favorite answer to how's life going right is well life could always be worse right i mean we talked about it earlier. I, I have an amazing life. I got a wife that keeps wanting me to come home. I got a roof over my head. I got dogs that love me. My <laughs> bills are getting paid. You know, we're going on a vacation later this year. I mean, there are, are great things happening. And if you think about just the world around us and the news that's out there, there are really horrible things happening in the world. And, yep. you know, my my little issues that I have of, you know, having a dirty siding that I need to clean or having to stain a deck this weekend is a great life, you know. And so as long as you're always keeping that in perspective, um, you know, I think there's there the sun is shining everywhere. Right. Yep. Yeah, I love that, dude, because do you have any certain rituals or certain things you do each morning that are for you or to help prepare for your day? Getting up early, obviously, is number one. You know, the day, the, I think the day's one in the morning. That's just my thing. I know others would argue me with that, but I don't really care. You know, I like to get up before the sun, enjoy it's coming up and, and praise it for coming up and thank God for another day. Yes. And, uh, and for all the blessings in my life, that's how I start every single day when my eyes wake up. It's the first thing as the energy charges through my body is just to thank God for the day. Yeah. Uh, you start a day off like that, dude, you can't have a bad day. I'm sorry. You might have a I challenging agree. day, but it won't be a bad one. So do you have anything that you do each day in order to keep you in this mindset and keep this balance in life for you? Um, is drinking coffee, a lot of coffee, a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, it can be, I guess. <laughs> right. No, I, uh, I, you know, I think it's some of the little things I get, I get very lucky in terms of, you know, I, uh, I try to make my bed every day, right. Mm -hmm. The whole kind of military mindset of starting off with being productive, being, yep. um, you know, successful, right. Yep. I, every day you start something off kind of checking a box, right. I'm yep. taking the dogs outside, I'm feeding them. And so I do pretty much the same kind of morning routine as I walk around um, every morning. Like you said, it's mostly the the couple things I need to do, check on the outside 
plants and the vegetable garden and weeding things, you know, stuff like that as I kind of walk through, um, you know, just my normal traverse around the house and stuff. So um, I, I think it's mostly just making sure I take some time for myself too, yeah. right? Um, I love being in a, in, you know, around with nobody else there, right? I mean, I'm up at, like you said, 5.30 in the morning and nobody's up for another hour. So yeah. I can get those things done that I want to. And even if it's just kind of sit there with my cup of coffee and, um, you know, take in the day and think about what I have to do. Are there any things that I can kind of do now to help out the rest of the the family? Um, you know, that's that's usually what I start doing. You throw a load of laundry in, a load of dishes, and yeah. next thing you know, now everybody else wakes up and they're starting their day off successful, right? My wife isn't having to start out doing the dishes. Dishes are already done. Now you just got to load things in. So yep. it is trying to to help everything out. But I I'm a list guy, right? So anything I can cross off my list or check the box is satisfying. Um, and so, yeah, if I can start the day off with three or four things before I even leave the house, I'm, I'm having a great day. Dude, we're spot on. And I feel the same way. I get up before everybody and I do it because I love the, the me time, the time where, you know, I can meditate, I can do whatever. If I want to go out in the garden and pull weeds, I can do that too. And that's, that's a form of meditation. Really. It's your time that you're just with yourself. Yep. And it's so important to get the day prep with that. And I know that I don't feel right if I say stay up a night before or something like that, or go out and drink too much and you know, fucked up in the head somehow in the morning, you get up and, and the day's all screwed up. If I sleep to like six or six 30, I feel like the day's shot. Like yes. if I don't get my time, I come down and everybody's up. I'm like, where's my time? I feel like I exactly. missed something, <laughs> right? I don't know if you're like that, but I'm like, man, that's like, that's my sacred time that I, I choose exactly what happens. Cause after that, you're right. As, as a family, uh, you know, you have to help others go through the day and get ahead, do something extra for my wife. So she doesn't have to do it. it makes her day a little better with the kids and, you know, and they do the same back. And that's the beautiful part when you give for the sake of giving the, the responses is almost always positive. Right. So it's, you just do it and, and it's, it's great. But having that time is super important, dude. I love that. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. It's like you said, it's, it's me time. I mean, then, then, and I think that does help me give more of myself to everybody else than throughout the day. Right. I mean, I've already had my relaxing time, if, you know, to catch up on whatever I wanted to. Right. I mean, the yeah. things that are important to me, um, you know, you can kind of spend time doing that before you get into everything else. Yep. No, spot on, dude. And the cool part about it is, you know, I know my wife and I, about a year ago, we did a, uh, we hired a coach for fasting, funny enough. Uh, we decided we wanted to uh, to do a seven day fast, but we wanted to learn how to do it, not just stop eating, right? Because uh, we've heard other people just stop eating and it gets to be a real nasty thing. So we hired a guy and we worked through a program, a system again. I uh, had a coach through it and we went, you know, uh, each week it was different. You know, first week you just cut out snacking in between different meals. Uh, so you only had three meals a day and then, you know, just solid meals. And then the next week they started cutting out some of the content of it. Like, okay, we want to cut out the carbs. We want to cut out like these kinds of things. And we got more to the keto side, to be honest with you. That's where it kind of went. Um, and then they started saying, look, you're going to cut a meal out here. You're going to cut a meal out there. And I'm not someone who eats breakfast. I did my whole life until about 38, 39. I just stopped because I have more energy without it. So mm -hmm. I don't do that. I just eat lunch and dinner. Uh, so anyway. So they cut out a meal, which was no big deal. Then it's two meals and then it's a day with no meals. And the longest I had gone was about 60 hours before that. One of my ninja buddies was like, hey, dude, I'm doing a fast. You want to do it? I'm like, hell yeah. Like I've never, I've, I've never not eating a, eaten a meal in my entire life. And I'm like, what the hell? Let's try it. I'm like, I'll try anything once. So I did it and I was like, all right, I was at 36 hours and I was like, hmm, I'm doing okay. Let's see if I can keep going. I went to 60 and I felt like a baller. I'm like, holy shit, 60 hours I didn't eat. This is amazing. Just drink water. That's it. 
Anyway, so when we got this program, this this idea of going seven days without eating was mind chattering to me. I'm like, I love food, right? I really do. And I'm like, so you're telling me I'm going to skip the next 21 meals. It's Sunday morning. I'm not going to eat until next Sunday morning. No food, just water. And I'm like, that scares me and intrigues me a lot. So my, my wife actually asked me if I wanted to do it with her because she was going to do it. I'm like, yeah, what the hell? Let's do it. So it was interesting to learn so much through that process and through coaching with the, the you know, doctor that was running it and to then do the full seven days with no food. And it was, it was an incredible journey, you know, throughout that process and the, 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 the mental discipline, because you know, you're still cooking food for your kids. There's no. still food around you. You can just go over and grab something anytime and break it. But it's having the inner discipline not to, because you've committed to yourself, and in this case, my wife, that I would go seven days. And I tell you, she was stronger through that than I was. After having two kids, she's like, dude, this is nothing, you know, next to being pregnant for nine months with two kids. You know what I mean? It's like, she's like, this is, this is actually pretty easy because she had very nauseous pregnancies. She was nauseous from like day one all the way through. And, and so it, in, they're not going to tell you this when you do a, a fast, but you do get nauseous. At least I did. And you get dizzy and kind of disoriented at times. You don't, I never got all the big energy. I didn't, I don't have a lot of body fat on my body. So it didn't really have any reserves to pull from. So it became this thing where, you know, we would check in with each other and, and yeah, I'm like, she's actually handling this better than I was, but I still fucking pulled through it. I committed to it. It's done. Right. Yes. But holy moly. Anyway, point is that when you do things like getting together with your, your wife and doing something like this from that experience of the seven days, one of the practices they taught us is each day to go for a walk, to get outside at least three times a day and go for a walk. So we started this program where we say, all right, every morning at 530, um, you know, adjusted for sunrise, we'd love to see the sunrise. We go for a one mile walk or more, whatever, depending on what the day is, but at least our walk. So that's Right. There's a little bit of the family, right? There's some fitness built into that as well. And it's something we do as a ritual and we do it each day. And there's days where, you know, she gets up and I'm already got an hour or two in and we're like, all right, let's go for a walk. I'm like, all right, cool, let's go. And other days and I'm like peeling my eyes open because it was a later night or whatever working. And it's like, and I'm like, all right, let's go for our walk. And we, every day we do it, but it's, it's taking that time and saying, you know what? This is more important than anything. I could be working. I could be just doing my own thing. I could be doing a hundred things, but no. We're, we have committed to this. And then each day we get to talk about things, the kids, the life, all of that kind of stuff. And we get to reconnect because we both, as I'm sure you do too, you know, with your wife working a lot, lead very, very busy lives. And these kids, they just pull every ounce of energy and focus you can. They can out because that's what they're supposed to do. You know, their little eyes looking up at you. They're not looking up at you because they want stuff. They're looking up to you because they want leadership. Yep. They want guidance. They want a whole man or a whole woman being there with them to help guide them on this thing we call life. And if we aren't balanced, how the fuck are we going to guide and, and lead our children to be better people? So if, if you out there aren't balanced and you think it's just a work thing, you'll make more money. Fuck that. You're setting a model for your kids. And when they see you just running around crazy as hell because you can't get your shit straight, they look back and say, okay, that must be normal. And then you wonder why it perpetuates that cycle into the future. It's your job. It's your obligation to break that. If that's you, because that was me. I was just all over the place. And I see my sons looking at me. I even have a picture. I have just burned into my mind of my oldest son looking up at me when he was probably five or six years old. And it, it hits me in my soul every time I see it. I'm like, he's looking up to you for guidance and leadership. Get the fuck off your ass. Get your head cleaned out and be the best man you can be so you can lead your fucking family. This is your only job in life is to lead. Right? So it's like, 
but all of these things come together for that. But you need a balanced life to be able to see that and not just be struggling, you know, in survival mode. So sorry, I Correct. took over here, but I, I got on yeah. a tangent there. No, so, and it's, uh, you hit yeah. the nail on the head, Joshua. I mean, it's, you know, we are all here for multiple purposes in life. But, yeah. you know, I think, like you said, making sure we're passing along good ideas, good habits, good systems to yeah. our kids so they can be successful is is. You know, I mean, it's how humans got to where we are today, right? I mean, everything yeah. was handed down in terms of this is the the best way to do, you know, whatever it is at the time that they had, right? And and not trying to relearn, right? I mean, recreating the wheel is a, everybody hates that, right? You yeah, know, I mean, why sure. am I recreating something if there's already a better system or, or product out there for it? So, um, you know, I think as long as you're making sure that you understand where your time is best spent and everything you you hit the nail on the head i do like the early morning walks too those are a uh, it's nice to get out and just start the day with a you know getting out fresh air like you said you're helping your health your fitness yeah. get an ability to talk to it you know sometimes my wife isn't up though i do it with the dogs but that's okay. <laughs> maybe you have better conversations sometimes with them I yeah, know, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. nobody's arguing with me at that point They're right you know, they right. always agree right they always are happy that's right that's a beautiful thing about dogs <laughs> oh no it's important dude i'm so important out there and i hope that people listening you know get the idea of what mark and i are talking about here you know, and again, I say this because I've been through this ups and downs of this, the peaks and the valleys, right? And it's it's when you it seems like when you go through those valleys, those darker times, you try to pull more inward and you start focusing on you because you're trying to preserve your ego or trying to preserve whatever you're trying to preserve. And the reality is that don't be afraid, especially at the men out there listening, don't be afraid to reach into your family for support. I mean, I reach to my wife all the time for support. I'm only as strong as my partner and she is strong as hell. And I, I, I love the, the, the old saying of, you know, the wife is always someone behind you. You know, she's, she's always there to back you up. That's bullshit. She's standing there right alongside of you and equal, if not better. Yep. I'm telling you, and if you're not tapping that too. resource, and I don't yeah. mean it like that, <laughs> if you're yeah, not tapping no. that resource to its max and getting the most, uh, you know, because <laughs> she definitely wants to help you out in any way she possibly can. But if you don't give her the opportunity to, Guys, you're, you're missing one of the, the biggest resources in your life, and she wants to do nothing more than help. And if you won't let her do that, then you're robbing from her too. I mean, I, I'm only as strong as, as the strongest people around me. And, you know, I can be the leader. I can do all those things, but I have weak times too. And I've got to dig in times, and I have to go to my wife, and I'll talk to her about stuff or other people and my coaches or whatever. And I'm like, look, I fucked up. I failed. Like, And they're always the ones that help with just a few good words that put everything in perspective. And the next thing you know, they're like, you're like, that was easy. <laughs> you yep, know? Yep, I, didn't, yep. I didn't have to solve the whole thing on my own. Actually, the other people's input was better than what I had in my head. So now I can move forward faster. So have you found that to be true, Mark? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think I'm blessed enough to have a wife who is uh, significantly smarter than I am, mm -hmm. but also um, one who's, who's there for support. Right. And like you said, she is, behind me she is next to me she's above me carrying me she's doing everything that she yep. she can and and i think it's always the understanding that you know i try to do equal for her when she's having a rough time because you know we are we're in this together right and a yep. uh, a stronger mark is a stronger taylor family that we have in general and same sort of a thing with uh with my wife and everything so it's always nice to like you said when you know that you've got somebody else that you can go talk to but ultimately have hard conversations with, um, yes. you know, and, and, and at some point, 
you know, I think uh, everybody understands that maybe they aren't even the best person to have that conversation with and they can help guide you to somebody who is maybe an expert or yeah. a little bit better. And, and like you said, I mean, mental health is a it's a very important thing. Right. Making sure that you're right, um, you know, for everybody around you is is factual. So yeah. um, I always try to talk to guys about that, too. Right. I mean, we've got that stigma and you know, same sort of a, of a time frame. I think both of us are and stuff. And so, you know, yeah. yes, be strong, but don't hesitate asking for help because we all need it. And, yep. you know, after you get it, it's a, it's a much better life, I think in general, but you know, once again, it's, it's having a system and understanding, yep. you know, that's really what they help you with, right. Talking through things, thinking about it differently. Um, you know, they, it's, it, the value is significantly there. hundred percent. And I'm going to drop a little, little nugget on the listeners here. If you've made it this far into the podcast and you're still holding on, I hear that most people get like a third in the podcast and they shut them off. And I hope that's not the same thing here on outer spaces. But anyway, a little nugget here for, for you guys and gals listening through, you know, I've learned something over, I don't even know. I've known my wife 19 years now. I think we're married 17 this year. Um, and I only recently learned this guys, so don't judge me, <laughs> but the, uh, what I, what I learned is as, as a man, and I'm just going to generalize here. So hate me if you want to, as a man, we try to fix things. That's our thing, right? We fix things. It's broken. Fix it. Broken. Fix it. I just want to let you guys know that the women out there, and if they're listening, they're nodding their heads. I'm sure they don't always want you to fix shit. Sometimes they just want you to listen. Right. And that was, that was like a huge epiphany only a few years ago. My wife and I were on, you know, we were talking and, and I was trying to fix things like I always do. And she says something to me and she's like, I really don't need you to fix this. I already know how I'm going to fix it. I just want to tell you this. And I'm like, then why the fuck are you talking? Like if you already got it fixed, why are you telling me about it? But their minds are wired different gentlemen. So I'm telling you right now that here's how I solve that problem. And I think we have better communication. My wife and I is that when something comes up and I feel the urge to try to fix it, I stop and I ask her, and we've already agreed that this is a good kind of safe word, if you will, right? I say, um, are you looking for me to fix this or just listen? Ask flat out. Do you want me to fix this or are you just want me to, you just want to have someone to talk to and kind of vent to? And oftentimes she's like, I just want somebody to talk to about it. I'm like, perfect. Yes. I don't have the obligation to fix it. My mind's not crocodile. Mine's not running a hundred miles an hour thinking like, all right, great. What's well, easy. Just do this, do that. Tell that one to fuck off and you're good to go. Yes. Not how it is. She doesn't want to hear that. She already knows what she wants to do, but she just wants to air it out to you or just kind of hear it out loud. So gentlemen out there, think about that next time. Are you looking for me to solve this problem or are you looking for just someone to listen? And then you know your role there and you don't get pissed off when she gets mad at you for trying to solve the problem. And she's like, I didn't want you to solve the problem. I don't even like your idea. Mine's better anyway. Yes. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, <laughs> have you ever tried that, Mark? Has it ever been a strategy you've employed? Um, so we are not as open as you and your wife are, but okay. we have the very, I, um, she has said those exact words to me, yeah. right? Like you said, I'm, I don't want a solution. I just want to talk about it. Yes. So, um, I just make the assumption that she just wants to talk about it. And mm -hmm. if working through, you know, I'll get a sense that she's looking for more or, um, you know, I always, you just throw the devil's advocate out there type of a thing, right? Um, the other side of the viewpoint might be this or, right. you know, not trying to solve an idea, just giving you or so, trying to solve a problem, giving you a different solution or an idea to it. So, but yeah. I, 
I don't ever lead with that. I'm always a let's listen to this and what's going on. And, you know, at some point, I think she will ask, right? I mean, as with everything in, in business and life, if somebody wants something, you know, they're going to give you those hints and everything. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, kind of like you with working with somebody for so long or living with them for, for the time period that we have been, um, you start to pick up on little things and you just kind of yeah. know what it is. But I'm going to start using your, uh, your, your kind of line. That's, I think it's a great way to understand, yeah. you know, what you've got to do. And like you said, sometimes my mind will start running for a solution and I know that that's not even what she wants. And so, yep. you know, pulling my focus away from listening to her, which is what she wants. So yes, 100%, um, I always yeah. try to make sure that I am thinking, nope, she wants me to listen. And then as we progress through the conversation, if it gets to where then I can solve, I, I get all excited and giddy, right? Like you said, it's <laughs> exactly. kind of the man in me comes out like, all right, here's what I would do. Yeah. And you know, here's how we like, kill it. Watch, I'll do it with my bare hands, right? <laughs> you get it's a big old knife and you just start swinging, right? Come on. <laughs> but uh, that's just, oh man, it, it's absolutely changed our dynamic that way because, you know, as you're, you're right, she's talking, I'm thinking like, we well, do A, B, C, D, and F, and G, done, right? But the problem is that we tune her out. Yep. We tune her out because we're thinking in our brain. Anyone listening, just wait till the next time you have a conversation like this and then watch yourself, witness within yourself. You're trying to solve this problem, especially the guys out there. Um, and then after that, stop and say, hmm, how much did I actually hear what she just said? And dude, I, I did not like listen to any of it. As soon as she said, well, my car, my light keeps coming on for my car tire, keeps telling it's a low pressure, right? And she's telling me this and I'm thinking like, all right, well, we bring it down to the shed. I fill it up. We've tried to find any nails, all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the conversation that I didn't even hear the whole part about, hey, maybe I should take it in because I need an oil change and this is making noise too and all that. And at the end, I'm like, just bring it down to the shed. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I don't need that. Like, oh, I'm like, oh crap. What, what did you just say for the last three minutes? Because I was figuring out how to fix this problem, right? And, and the craziest part about all that is when you start listening, you start hearing other things and you're like, okay, well, I don't feel the obligation because I know I used to get butthurt about if I had an idea and I just jumped in because I go to the problem solver. I'm the problem solver. I got my hat on. I'm solving the problem. Um, and she pushes it back and she's like, I didn't want a, pro a solution. Or that's nice, but so what? Not that she would say it that way, but you know, you get it right. All of a sudden I, my ego would get dinged and I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, I'm here to help. Don't you yes. care? And yeah. pretty soon I start to feel like I've been, you know, like, then why would I say anything? Because you don't like what I'm saying anyway. I'm like, and pretty soon you start building this thing up so much bigger than it was when it only was a fact that we started this problem ourselves. Yes. Because now we've been shunned away from our amazing solution that we came up with and she's doesn't need that at that point, you know, and this isn't just wives. This is teams. This is all of this guys. We're not just saying this because we're talking like we want to talk about our wives here. The thing is that this translates directly into running teams. And if you're not listening and you're trying to solve the problems, you know, I'll even go to my team like, all right, are you guys looking for a solution or you just want to vent? Right. And leave it at that, because when you come in and say something, they've already have something five times better. And if they don't, you're not giving them enough space to think on their own. And when they're thinking on their own, they're going to do better than you anyway. You just got to get your fucking ego out of the way and just let it happen. Yep. And next thing you know, you're like, huh, that works at home and in the office. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Maybe it'll work in the bedroom, too. Who knows? Right? It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who knows? Right. You can you can try anything once. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I guess we'll end 
before we get too far into that one. But anyway, <laughs> Mark, so it's, it's been a lot of fun here chatting with you. Is there any other uh, maybe wife advice or business advice you want to drop on us here before we wrap up and find out how we can find you? Well, I, Joshua, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head in terms of, you know, it's understanding what your priorities are, right? And making sure whether it's your, you know, the four F's, um, you know, kind of what I had talked about, right? Everybody needs to make sure that they they are prioritizing what what they value, right? And and then creating that system to to make it work, right? And I think sometimes it's 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 not always ideal, but you know, when you get your top goals out of it, it's 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 perfect, right? Yep. And I think yep. at that point, it's making sure you know you're always knowing what what you want, right? And bringing that forward and don't ever hesitate to ask for help, right? I yeah. mean, in no matter what you're doing, whether it is from your significant other, your family, your friends, your coworkers, right? I mean, um, I think that's a it's it's not a sign of weakness, right? It's a sign of of trying to improve and get better. And you know, if you're always looking at it like that, right? I I love my you know 30 day, 90 day reviews and and one year stuff like that because yeah, I want to know what I can do better what I can improve on because that's going to make everybody a little bit happier. Um, and then ultimately, if anybody wants to reach out to me, it's, uh, you know, uh, Mark underscore Taylor at echo dash USA.com. Um, you know, I manage the stick tools, but, uh, work on a team with all the other product managers who manage every line of everything we have. So we did just introduce a new 56 volt um, kind of battery platform for, you know, professionals up to, you know, kind of more uh, power hungry homeowners and stuff like that. So if there are any questions, you're able to reach out to us anytime. Um, you know, Echo has a Twitter page, Echo has a Facebook page, LinkedIn, et cetera. You can reach out um, to ask us any questions and everything gets circled around uh, through the entire team. So, you know, once again, thank you very much for having me and talking me through this. I had a great time today, Joshua. I appreciate awesome. It. Mark, it's been a pleasure. And now anybody out there that heard Echo in the beginning and thought, oh, good, we're going to talk about power tools. Well, you were fucking wrong, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> there's always people behind those tools. And I feel like it's more important to unlock them and you get a better sense of the mission and the focus of the people that are providing these amazing, this amazing technology to you to make your life easier and to make you more money too. So that's why we don't go into talking about all the brands and lines and all that bullshit. Like you can, you can reach out via email and do that. We want to know the people behind Behind it all. So Mark, thank you again for coming on to the podcast today. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed speaking with you and taking this podcast in a little bit different direction than usual, but I hope everybody's enjoyed themselves. As you know, our, our goal is to impact and empower 2 million people here in the next um, less than four and a half years, just going fast. You know, it's really, really cool to see how, what happens. And I love seeing people sharing the podcast. If any, you got anything out of this podcast and they think, you know what, I think I have a friend or a family member, someone that could benefit from hearing the words that we spoke today, share it. It's free. You know, we don't, we do this every week. We don't get paid for this stuff. We do it because we just love to share information. And I would love to have a conversation with Mark on the phone, but why the hell not record it and share it with the world? Cause maybe someone else can find value in it. And so when you start thinking from those, from that basis in your business, in your life, in every part of your existence, things start to happen. You start meeting. I met some the most incredible people on this podcast over the last year and a half that we've been doing it. And, you know, some of those people now are, are dear friends. I just went out to dinner with Scott Lazak the other night. So it was like, you know, he was on a podcast a few weeks ago and it's it's amazing. You just it's it's so such a, a blessing. And I'm so grateful to be able to have this opportunity to speak with everybody. So thank you again. And, uh, you know, share it's it's how we get it out there and that's how we can help people. So, guys, thanks again. And we'll see you next week.